0: I'm Pooja Sharma of IBS Intelligence and you're listening to IBS IWU's podcast with me is Abhisant Pant, founder of the FinTech Meetup, a platform that brings startup founders, government bodies, strategic investors and financial institutions to examine the issue plaguing the sector and offer stakeholders an opportunity to work together to bring about changes. The platform is currently hosting its annual event, the Fintech Yatra. Abhishean, could you shed some light on what Fintech Yatra is and the journey so far?
1: Fintech Yatra is something which we started around four and a half years back. It's essentially an annual road journey wherein we travel length and breadth of India approximately around 10,000 kilometers of it every year. We remain on road for 70 odd days at this point of time when i'm talking to you we are in fifth year of yatra it's essentially a journey which helps us understand appreciate and connect with uh, fintech founders venture investors and banks and large financial institutions in totality helping us build the market network and connect to catalyze the ecosystem uh, the journey is unique in the sense that uh, there is no parallel or an equivalent of it anywhere in the world nowhere As such, as far as we know, nobody essentially undertakes this long uh, trip in search of innovation, in search of ideas. That's what we do. Uh, As an organization, we essentially believe in two things, bringing together fintech innovation, as well as trying to put together venture-worthy startups at a common place.
0: What is the pulse of fintech founders and how is it varying geographically and sector-wise? That is new banks, lending tech, wealth tech, SaaS, etc.
1: In India, Fintech ecosystem is essentially 99% of it is based in six sort cities. Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Pune, Hyderabad, and Chennai. 99% of our ecosystem is in these six cities. Now, Apart from this, there are other cities, but they don't have as much of a concentration of founders. Most of other cities have less than five founders. So therefore, frankly, not materially relevant. Within Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, uh, it is safe to say that Bangalore, then followed by Delhi and then Bombay, has most concentration. Bangalore, you can safely assume around 28-29% of our Indian fintech Delhi will be very, very close at 27-28%, while Bombay will be around 24, 23-24%. After that will be Chennai, which will be around 7-8%, then Pune 4-5%, Hyderabad 4-5%. That's how essentially 95% of Indian Fintech essentially lies. Overall ecosystem has anywhere close to 3,000 to 4,000 odd startups. However, it will be safe to say that the startups which are uh, both venture funded as well as have raised any kind of money in past are less than one and a half thousand. So the significant ones, the ones which are making any kind of a significant contribution and have raised money will be less than one and a half thousand, not more than that. Largely for the reason that fintech as a domain is a very, very regulated value chain. And it is not something which is easy to disrupt, easy to build. It requires a lot of capital, licenses, and so on and so forth. As a result of that, if I can give you first pulse of uh, the market, unlike others, other startup ecosystem, say food tech, ed tech, and others, wherein it is... It, even a young founder or an early-age founder can venture in. In fintech, you rarely find, frankly, very young founders. Most often than not, founders are people who have a lot of experience in market, who have invested a lot of time in market. These are people who have 15 plus years of experience. So one pulse, we don't have very young founders. Our average age of Indian fintech founder is 38. So that's first piece. Second, if you look at the way our market has evolved, in our market, we have more players who are in the most players who are in lending as a domain, closely followed by payments. After that, wealth. You can fairly say that payments and wealth will be of similar number and after that, insurance. So that's how essentially the trajectory of ecosystem follows. Within these value chains, there are certain places and pieces which are of which are clear winners and this is something which has been highlighted multiple times from a value chain perspective one of them is infrastructure as a play infrastructure as a play has found a lot of acceptance in market because somewhere the realization is that large financial institutions are not going anywhere they are going to be here they are going to stay FinTechs are not going to be able to kill them in any case and if that's the case. At the same point of time, these institutions have the desire, willingness, and money to go to the next level of their journey. It is there where fintechs are getting into the journey of being enablers to them. So fintech as an enabler to the journey of uh, large institutions, and therefore somewhere embedded finance or a white-label play of fintech is coming into picture. So therefore, that's something which you can say is the second which is uh, observing embedded play as a key play, which is coming into focus. Third piece, which we are observing from this year's perspective is around acceptance of physical plus digital infrastructure. What was happening, frankly, in last few years is, is that most often than not, the belief was that it is full stack digital is what you need end to end. There may be a base of 10 crore, 15 crore or maximum 20 crore deals. Then there is a population of 1.1 billion plus, which essentially does not represent the same digital nativeness as one should have solutions for them. And it is this customer whom now number of startups are addressing physically plus digitally combined, which means they are opening branches as well as they are offering products digitally. So that's a new domain, new value chain, which is emerging from a vibe point. of. The third and the last piece in this is essentially around unlocking the value of securitized assets, which is loan against securities, loan against mutual funds, loan against uh, uh, pension funds, LIC policy, and multiple others. So these are value chains which are emerging out of this. These are places wherein we are finding newer uh, value you change emerging and somewhere the belief is, is that some of it you will see as as a new winner in the ecosystem as we progress so that's kind of a brief view to you how our ecosystem is evolving and where the vibe is today
0: how fintechs are harnessing the power of ai and chat gpt
1: i look at it from the lens that once the hype around the product is over where does it find its resonance Does it find its resonance among common consumers, you and I, who are going to use it and deploy it in our day-to-day life? If it starts finding resonance over there, it is at that point of time, it becomes materially significant. Unless and until that happens, it is something which is still materially insignificant. Uh, If you look at that, and then when you see the fastest any technology has gone to a billion people, is still almost a decade's time that it takes to reach that kind of a population. And if it is that kind of a time that it takes to reach that point, somewhere we need to be cognizant of the fact that we should be excited about things, but maybe their inflection point is not. I'm simply saying that possibly we need to wait for a year or so more to be able to really say that whether it is kind of relevant for us at this point of time, or maybe a few years down the line, it will become more relevant and the force to reckon with. At least at this point of time, in my mind, it is still a good experiment, which will find its acceptance in maybe a few years from here. Maybe two to three years, we'll have a better view of AI and chat GPT both, if you look at it from a fintech lens, a fintech which is into... uh, Uh, into providing consumer with insights, somebody who is in the business of providing analytics, somebody who is in the business of providing view on securities and market-traded pieces, and so on and so forth. All of these entities potentially can use ChatGPT to a certain extent, but because it is end consumer who depends on their expertise of the subject, They still need to do a validation of what is written on ChatGPT. It's like this: think of it as a fact that, uh, think of it as that CEO gives a task to the CEO office to prepare uh, this year's annual presentation. While still, because the CEO is going to present, he or she doesn't end up just uh, blabbering out uh, the presentation which has been made by their office. They will still go through it because they are now going to make it public and they will still kind of do double check if they are comfortable with what all is written. So in my mind, to start with, I don't think even the startups who will look at adopting for and which is more so on the analytics and, uh, and services on that front, even they, while they will offer this, they can offer this as a product, they still will have to validate it from the point of view of an advice that is going out from their side and they need to double check it whether it is relevant or not or if there are certain things which are getting missed or not in the process. I think that piece will be checked upon by some some startups. And as I said, startups on Data, startups on analytics, startups on advisory services side will find it exciting, largely on the equity and mutual fund side of the story. Payment startups, frankly, don't have a use of it. Lending startups, again, don't uh, have a use of it at this point of time. Similarly, the startups on, uh, on inclusion side don't have a use of it. It is largely on mutual funds and insurance side, you may find some bit of a use of it.
0: And what are the other trends observed during this fintech yatra so
1: far? One of the key things that we are clearly observing is, is that the startups have kind of uh, started accepting the idea that they cannot play anymore in the regulatory gray zone. More, they are getting increasingly clear that, boss, RBI is going to come and going to screw you up left, right and center. So I think that acceptance of the fact is there. So. More so, startups nowadays are not looking at the idea of playing in these gray markets. They are very clear that they should not kind of experiment on that. If it is, it is supposed to be via uh, NBFC route, go ahead, take an NBFC license. If it is via a prepaid route, go ahead, take a prepaid license. If it is via PAPG, go ahead and take a PAPG. If it is via an LSP, go ahead and become an LSP. I think regulator is reducing the opportunities of playing in those great domain, domains. In fact, if you look at as recently as few days back, wherein the startups who are in so-called equity crowdfunding route in the name of swap and others, who are made, basically making fool of people by getting them to invest rupees 5,000, 10,000 in, in startups, which is frankly nothing but... a a Ponzi scheme to do that, those are getting wrapped from the regulator. And as a result of that, more and more people are increasingly wary of building things which are not on the right side of regulation. I think that's the clearest trend that we are observing at this point.
0: Thank you very much. Abhishean Pant, founder of FinTech Meetup.